Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Talking Shit About with me, Elizabeth, and soon Bree from New Old Future. Welcome to the show where we talk about things that are shitty or things that are good but have some shitty aspects. And the episodes come out the first Friday of each month, and this is part three of our grief series. Bree is going to be sharing about her loss and the grieving process. So, Bree, thanks for your vulnerability and for sharing your story. Uh, you'll hear mention of War of the Gate, which if you've listened to the Toto or Thumbs episode, you've heard a little bit about Bellagarth. That's what that is. There's an event in September, so I'm going to throw the links up in the notes in case you are interested. And once again, you will hear me talk about military time because I don't know, I guess I'm just that smart that I use military time on my computer. So pretty cool of me. All right, let's go ahead and talk some shit. Welcome to part three of our Talking Shit About Grief series. I'm here today with Bree. Hello. And we're going to talk shit about her life. Yay! <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> sort of. Um, but before we get into all of that, I will go ahead and let you introduce yourself and all of the cool artistic and musical things that you do. Um, okay. I'm Brief, and I play in a band that's really cool called New Old Future. Um, I make zines of stories that I write, short stories. Um, and I also teach children at rural schools how to play ukulele and guitar. Yeah. Have you always been musically inclined? Pretty much, yeah. And our parents made us take piano lessons when we were really tiny. Because they were like, you have to learn this before you can play another instrument. Mm -hmm. So, it's like, yeah. We used to make guitars out of like cardboard boxes and paint sticks and rubber bands and stuff. Oh, cool. And, yeah, I always wanted to have a band and now I, now I do! Yeah! <laughs> How old were you when you were in your first band? Oh, God. 2002, 21, I think, 21 or 22. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my, I, my brother and I started a band called End Stop, and um, he's the drummer for our band now, but he hasn't always been. And we played a bunch of gigs at a house show called the, or a house show place called the Lab. The Lab was that here in Missoula? Yeah, totally. Cool. It was over by Morgan Roth Music, and it was just like kind of a nasty punk house, but one of the best house show places I've ever played. Nice. Yeah. What other projects have you done? I also had like a solo project called Meanie Jones for a while, mm -hmm. which I think is still up on SoundCloud or something really antiquated. And I was in a girl band called Needlecraft for a while. We recorded an album. Yeah. 
that's that's pretty much been my musical history. Yeah. Are you doing anything currently? Uh, we have an album that's coming out this fall. Nice. I'm really excited about it. We just we just got like the masters back and Ooh. so we're trying to figure out how to release it if we want to do like some singles first or if we want to go like full hard media do cds or just electronic and like as soon as we had that one recorded we started working on new material mm-hmm. and then having new new members in the band made it we had to kind of stop for a few but now we're to the point where we're cohesive enough that we can like write together Mm-hmm. So, we're pretty much ready to go back in and record another album. Nice. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, that's sweet. Yes. I feel like there was a lot of, like, panic in the beginning of the pandemic. For, like, a lot of good reasons. But, and, like, a lull for artists because there weren't any shows. But then it's, like, a renaissance, I feel. Like, there's now all this stuff coming out. And people are producing again and using all of this, like, trauma and just absolute batshit world events and creating stuff that's so beautiful so it's cool you have pandemic baby art yeah we def we definitely like all spent the pandemic really wanting to play shows and Mm -hmm. getting together for practice because we didn't really know what else to do and masked practice is horrible (laughs) but it's better than no practice yeah so i think that's partially why we just have like so much material. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I write the songs in the band and stuff, and I I write a lot of songs that I'm like, this song sucks and will <laughs> never be played in the band. <laughs> but you know, every once in a while, a good one pops out. And I'm like, ooh yeah, take it to band. Yeah, sweet. Um, is your whole f- so your brother was in a band with you? Oh, I don't know if we mentioned this, but what instruments do you play? Oh, yeah, sorry. I play rhythm guitar and sing. Um, My brother, Zach, plays the drums. My brother-in-law, Kyle, plays the bass. And then our friend, Logan, plays guitar. Like, lead guitar. Nice. And Kyle does some backgrounds, and I think Logan's going to start doing some background vocals too soon. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty stoked on them. They're a great group of guys. Yeah, it always feels like I love booking you for shows. I'm so excited that you guys are playing more of the gate again. Like yes. that warms my heart. Yeah, yeah. When when thumbs got at us, I was just like, "Of course we will." And then I was like, "Guys, we have to play this show. It's going to be very special and fun." And they were all just like, "Okay, cool." It's like, "Okay, sweet." Kyle was like, "Yes, it is excellent, and we must." Yeah. Y'all are like the reoccurring headliners. We're, someday we're just gonna we're gonna write like the ultimate War of the Gate song and just bust it out. Yeah, make it speed metal. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. We'll get like the the double kick drum pedal thing going Ooh, on. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So is the rest of your family pretty musical too? My sister played clarinet and bass clarinet and piano really really well. Like, she was a better pianist than I was, for sure. But, like, in my mom's family, they didn't play music, but they had, like, aunts and uncles who did on the farm. Mm -hmm. So they would go back to eastern Montana and have these, like, all day and night kind of picnic-y things Mm -hmm. where 
the dudes would just, like, get drunk and play a bunch of old, like, Hank Snow and stuff. That sounds familiar, yeah. And, uh, my, in my dad's family, everyone played an instrument, and his mother actually had a band called Rosalie and the Melodies, where she played ragtime piano, and... Oh, fun! I never got to see them play or anything, because she passed away when I was really little, but I do remember her, like, playing ragtime piano... For me and my youngest aunt, who's, like, a year older than me, year and a half. Mm -hmm. And we would just, like, dance in the living room and dance and dance and dance until we fell down. I I don't know, I must have been, like, three or something. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, yeah, and my mom and, and our dad also were really, really well heard. If I don't know. Well heard? Well well-listened mu- music fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they they loved all types of music, so we were exposed to, uh, like, the entire rainbow of music by the time we could, like, walk, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we learned to operate the stereo and the record player so that we wouldn't mess them up. Mm-hmm. Oh, smart. Our parents were just like, this is how you do it, and you can't do this and this and this, otherwise you'll scratch the record, or the tape does this you need to stop it because it's eating the tape like oh okay like and none of us ever like scratched an album of theirs or fucked up a tape or you know you'd be like hey i want to listen to joan jett and the black hearts my mom would be like put it on (laughs) so that was pretty cool pretty much since i started playing guitar when i was like 16 or 15 my mom has been a super supporter of my music and my writing and she's a really busy grandma now but mm-hmm. she still tries to make it to our shows which is really cool oh awesome she just like jams out super hard oh and i don't know it's it's really awesome to be able to like fulfill your parents dream in a way like that where they really yeah. wanted you to enjoy music and make music and then yeah and can yeah what if they had wanted you to play basketball that didn't happen i didn't i didn't catch the <laughs> basketball bug yeah they did him. though they were like you're tall you're gonna <laughs> yeah. be good at this and i was like i'm clumsy that always seems to be the one qualification they're like oh you're tall i mean they never said that to me they did when i was like really little and i had my growth spurt and before everybody else but then after that it's so. in a small hill from did you play basketball well i got second place in free throw basketball in the third grade so that's pretty whatever that's worth that's i yeah i can play horse like passably well but i get beaten on the regular by like eight-year-olds so yeah you can dunk (laughs) (laughs) so um uh, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, did your sister, what kind of music did your sister play? She played mostly like classical music and, um, she played in school. She played like in marching band. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was kind of like, like anything from Mozart to like the Blues Brothers kind of stuff was like our band teachers kind of catalog I guess Mm -hmm. and 
Like, she she could still play songs that she had memorized from, like, sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She would just, like, bust out Pac LaBelle's Canon D all the time. Wild. And I was just like, damn, dude. You can remember that, <laughs> and you can play it. And... Like, I've never been very good at reading music. I'm way better at watching somebody do something Mm -hmm. and then doing it. And she could read music. So you could put, like, a piece of music in front of her that she'd never seen. And she could, like, sight read through it on the first try. It was was pretty incredible. I was always in awe of that. Yeah. Some people just have those brains. They can just... I'm not one of them either. Don't. <laughs> I she was really good at math and she had a super math brain, so I think that helped. Like Yeah, I can see that. I am not good at math unless we're playing like cribbage or something. I can do like card game math. Yeah. And I can do like building math or like, you know, applied mathematics. I can do like counting change math and like telling time math. Like between military and regular because you subtract two hours. That's good. Well, well to a certain point. But yeah, yeah that's how I do it. That's good it's math. Nice. I'm I'm not good at those maths. <laughs> <laughs> like, how many hours did I work today? I don't know. You calculate it. I'll just write the times I came and left. And she she really loved dance, and she coached mm-hmm. like a dance team out at Bonner School for like her senior project, and then she just kept going back and doing it for a couple of years. Like, so she took music down this totally different road than, like, my brother and I took it, mm-hmm. which was really cool. And she, she like, probably most strongly identified with, like, pop music. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, the person in my life who was like, it's okay to admit that you like pop music. Yes, you always need to hear that. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, it is? Okay. Like, Avril Lavigne is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was know. the first CD I ever spent my own money on. Let it go. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I think my very first CD that I bought was The Breeders' Last Splash. I don't know what that is, and that means it's probably really cool. It's, it's a good CD. Yeah. Yeah, or a record. But, yeah. I I bought. I didn't buy it, like, the year it came out or anything. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I love this video that's on MTV right now, and I need the CD. And then it was like, whoa, the Pixies. Whoa, this band, this band, they're all connected. It was so weird to be like, all of these members are in everybody else's band? Or like, this band turned into like these bands? Are you like interested in like the... Like, do you pay attention to, like, different members and stuff and, like, who's in what? Because my brain's just like, oh, that band. And I know, like, maybe a few individual artist names, but, like, if they're in a band, as far as I'm concerned, they're, like, one person. (laughs) I'm pretty good at it. Like, especially if I've read it, like, on an album jacket or something. I'm Mm. like, okay, I can associate you with the picture and I will remember your name. Nice. Can you remember any of the Backstreet Boys? Ah, uh, um, I can't. I get them and in, in sync mixed up all the time. Yeah, I just wanted to say either. Justin Timberlake, but <laughs> that's wrong. It's in sync, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I one time had like the Backstreet Boys 
like birthday party and it, they were like printed on a birthday cake for me it was a huge deal dude my sister was so into bsb yeah she had she had tickets to see them like that got canceled during covid but then they were like planning on having a tour date eventually so mm-hmm. she just like missed them by by a few so yeah she you down to talk about it yeah well, um, so she about. passed pretty recently, right? Yeah, last September. Yeah. It still seems like it was, like, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And every morning, it's, like, the first thing I think of. It's, like, my sister. She's not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and she died in a car crash where there wasn't, like, alcohol or drugs or speeding or really anything involved we're still not totally sure like what happened but she went off the road and and died probably by breaking her neck but again we're still not sure like I swear somebody told me like right after she died that there was a bee in the car and that's why she went off the road but like I don't know if that is something that my brain made up Mm-hmm. because that had happened before she like rear-ended somebody because there mm-hmm. was a bee in the car she was really allergic to bees mm-hmm. but it, i don't know it's weird it's just like yeah she died in a car wreck that's all we know does that bother you a lot it really bothers me because like i i just hope that it was like really quick you know mm-hmm. i don't know if it would make me feel better to know more you know it's kind of like mm-hmm. Nothing feels good about it. Yeah. I keep making hand motions and I realize that no, no, no one can you're hear good. that. No, you're good. It's, <laughs> do it. It's like natural. Um, I do it too. Did you have a memorial service? Yeah, we had a memorial service for like the week after it happened. And like she was cremated, but we all got to mm-hmm. go like see her body one last time and mm-hmm. say goodbye which I'm glad we got that opportunity. Does your family normally do wakes or open caskets? Well, I think, I don't know, because, like, my grandma passed away not, like, maybe 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And she was also cremated, and we had a big memorial for her at our house. Like, my dad's side of the family has, like, actual, like, burial plots and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, when that grandpa died, it was... A totally different it was like a catholic funeral mm-hmm. versus like a funeral home funeral kind of thing you yeah. know yeah i think we're we're kind of like a it should be a celebration of life sort of family mm-hmm. but also there is a lot of crying or was you know yeah. there should be <laughs> it's usually a good thing to feel your feelings yeah and her her memorial like the whole funeral home was packed and there were people mm-hmm. in the hall and standing out the door and it was it was just incredible to see like the amount of people who my sister touched with mm-hmm. you know their li- touched their lives it was also really bizarre to you to have like you know it was during the pandemic still mm-hmm. so like everybody's masked up and oh yeah i'm seeing people i haven't seen since like you know, my sister was in high school and stuff and like trying to recognize people and like be super respectful toward them and their grief 
was so, like, it was just weird and very, very awkward. Yeah. It's like no one knows how to act. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, I don't know how to act. Nobody else knows how to act. Like, I just want to go home and drink beer and cry. Yeah. Which I feel like, yeah, those, I like those memorial services that are that vibe. That's kind of the vibe that we had for my grandpa's. Everyone just kind of barbecue and hang out. And I think they did a burial of ashes, too. But, um, yeah, like, when my dad died, I, like, didn't want to go to the funeral. I was, like, sitting in the car, like, right before it started. Like, almost drove off and was like, nah, I don't want to, like, deal with the drama. It wasn't that, like, you know, I would feel bad about not going. It's like, nah, I just don't want the drama. Yeah, I don't know. They can be, they can be intense. But did you find it, like, cathartic at all? Um, I was still pretty much, like, in shock. Yeah. When it happened, and it, it still seems like some kind of weird dream to me. Mm-hmm. But, like, maybe I imagined all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was, I was pretty wrecked for a few months. I just, like, would have to, like, leave my, my work and go to my office and cry like 15 times during a 10 hour day mm-hmm. and calling into work because I was just like, I need to stay home and cry today. Yeah. Cause one bad interaction with somebody is just going to like, yeah. yeah. And also like people coming in and being like, Hey, I haven't seen you forever, but I'm so sorry about your sister. We went to school together. We had ballet together or like she coached my dance team. And I was just like, like, it was really cool that so many people knew my sister, but it was also really hard to, like, try to distract myself with work and then have it, like, pop up here and there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of selfish, but it was just no. really hard to to deal with that. And it still is, like, I still am running into people who are like, I just heard the news. Mm-hmm. Or, like, people will be like, how's your sister? Like, Mm. well, she is no longer with us. So, I don't know. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I feel like there's never a graceful way to say it either. Or a way that's gonna, like, feel like, I'm gonna feel good by the time I deliver this bad news. You know, it's just like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, I don't feel like I've ever really, I don't feel like I've ever really, like, sat down with anybody other than my counselor Mm -hmm. and been like, what is grief like? Or, you know, like, what am I going to do if, like, my mom dies or something? Mm -hmm. You know, and it was like, I never thought about one of my siblings passing away, especially before I did. I was like yeah, we're all going to get old and I'm going to go first because, like, I drink and I smoke. (laughs) And, like, everything about it is, like, unsettlingly surprising, Mm -hmm. I guess. I guess it would have been nice to talk to somebody, like, growing up who had lost a brother or sister. It's like, I had friends whose parents had lost brothers or sisters, you know, but they never talked about it. We didn't really talk about any sort of 
anything having to do with death other than like people went to heaven or hell and you know so it's like everything about like life experience left me unprepared for for this mm-hmm. and I don't know I think people should talk about death more mm-hmm. and graving and the processes that we go through when somebody dies yeah there's a lot of like studies and research on that and the consensus is like yeah learn about it live live with it like experience it around you and just recognize that it's a natural thing and yeah it's like I'm kind of I feel like I had a grandma pass when I was young but like we weren't that close but it's totally it's gonna hit you like totally different for like every scenario and I'm rambling now but um it's just so chaotic and uncontrollable just kind of yeah 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 I was wondering like if we talked about stuff like this would we be like better equipped to deal with it when it happens yes sorry that's where uh, that's where we were going yes yeah what research there is shows yes and that's where I went off on my tangent (laughs) (laughs) but continue if you were gonna keep oh no no okay no I'm glad thank you for validating me yeah (laughs) yeah um with scientific Science. Science. This is a Science is Real podcast and recognizes that science changes over time and that's what makes science good. So just throwing that out there while we're here. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. So what are the things that have been helpful for you in your in your grieving process? I have in front of me some zines called The Process. Yeah, the first one is The yeah. Process and the second one is called Little America. Mm-hmm. I started writing fiction stories about, like, kind of what-ifs, mm-hmm. and I took a zine class because I was trying to do something that would, like, stimulate me creatively, and yeah. I was kind of having a weird creative time where, like, like, all I can write about is this thing, but then it was like, no, actually, this thing is something that... I can, I can like, work through the grieving process with by being like, okay, let's, let's write out, like, what bargaining is like. Mm-hmm. Or, like, all the crazy thoughts I had after she died about, like, what if, what if you can really raise people from the dead? Like, can I raise a body from the dead by just getting some ashes? I had that literal thought, and I was, I, I still am, like... That is totally reasonable to think that, like, maybe that could be possible. But I was like, what if I had a time machine and I could go back and stop this? And then it was like, what if I invented time travel because of a death? What if it was actually someone else's body and it wasn't theirs? Like, yeah, I'm not trying to give you new ideas, but no, um, no, yeah, um, your brain does that. Yeah, like they got the wrong person. Yeah. So, yeah, I wrote a story about time travel and death, and then I wrote another story about, like, organ donors, because my sister was an organ donor, and a little while after she died, we got 
or her husband got a card saying that somebody had received one of her kidneys and her eyes also went to help somebody see mm-hmm. who had been sighted but then had like lost their vision mm-hmm. and I was like whoa what if I ran into somebody who had my sister's eyes like would they recognize me would I recognize mm-hmm. them like that's such an interesting thought and it's like what if what if like my sister's eyes make somebody out in the world like remember us kind of obsessed with meeting that person (laughs) (laughs) um and like i wrote another story about reanimating a body that's kind of like a gothic horror story Mm -hmm. and how it it just ends badly I mean, the ending is an okay ending. Like, the writing is okay. Mm -hmm. But the whole reanimating the dead corpse thing ends badly. As it tends to do. Yeah. As it tends to does. I asked one of my friends who's really into magic, like, do you think I could reanimate a body with just ashes? And he was like, yeah, but you'd have to trade your soul to the master of the underworld. Mm. And I was like, I'd do that. (laughs) like like I'm not above doing anything to bring my sister back from the dead apparently Mm -hmm. so at least you're not sacrificing another soul because that's a whole different thing (laughs) yeah I don't I'm pro soul Mm -hmm. I'm anti soul stealing Mm -hmm. so with that stance it's kind of hard to like you know take action but Mm -hmm. I think it's been a really good outlet for me to deal with a lot of feelings I've I've been having that are pretty overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I've I've been writing music about her, and I I'm starting a project with my nephew, who's her oldest son, mm-hmm. Ezra, called B and E, um, where he like writes music and I write lyrics to it. Mm-hmm. So he's a very talented guitarist. How old is he? He's 14. Okay. Yeah, and I I get, started giving him guitar lessons when he was like 11, I think. And mm-hmm. he surpassed me in knowledge so quickly. I was just <laughs> like, wow, dude, you're a pro. Like, can you show me how to play this riff? Mm-hmm. And he's, he's really wonderful. And I also did a bunch of fundraising locally with the band and started a project out at Potomac School where her kids go to school, mm-hmm. where I've been, I last year I taught second, or not last year, last school year, so this year I taught second and third graders ukulele that I like wrote little songs for them to learn, like, mm-hmm. build up their like chord knowledge and their fingering and everything and they also learn to sing while they play. And then I taught eighth graders guitar. Mm-hmm. And it's called the Jasmine Venetia Stringed Instrument Project. And so many of the little kids were so excited to learn a, an instrument. And then we had a concert at the end of the school year. Mm-hmm. And they all did so well. And it was just like, it, it gave me hope. And that was something that I was missing for a few months like I was just completely like drowning in hopelessness 
and I don't know, being able to work with kids and see them in action and how fast they learn and grow, it's very nice. And it's very, it's very like comforting too, to like get to know a group of kids and have them be like, Miss Bree, Miss Bree, Miss Bree, Miss Bree, I'm going to write songs on my own. Can I take the ukulele home? I'm like, no, you can't, but that's cool. <laughs> have your parents buy you a ukulele. <laughs> And, like, my nephew Jasper, who's eight, came home after, after like, summer vacation had started and told my mom that he wanted a dark purple ukulele. Very specific. So we got him a dark purple ukulele because nice. he really wants to write his own songs. And I gave him a little book of the songs that we had learned in school and stuff, and he was the other day was like, I need more songs. Aww. I was like, okay, cool. And I'll, I'll do it again next year with the third graders, which will be a third grader. And the classes got big enough. They had to split them apart mm-hmm. and I'll teach eighth graders guitar again. So it, it's cool. It's something I'm like really looking forward to doing. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun doing and it didn't, like, for a while, fun felt like a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, some special kind of fun because I was, like, doing a task that was hard. So it was, like, okay fun to have. Mm-hmm. Or I was, like, doing something to help somebody else have a better life. So it was okay. I don't know. I'm not sure what, like, the balance or the equation was there. But mm-hmm. it was kind of, like, the first crack of the door on being able to like have fun again Mm -hmm. and being like it's okay to laugh or like you know I don't have to like be in mourning 24 7 I I feel like that was a really long answer to a short question no that was good no you're supposed to talk a lot so it's good okay yeah so I don't have that many questions so it's good the more you talk the better would you mind if we took a smoke break? Yeah, let's do it. Doot, doot, doot. Pause. Do smoke? Only when I drink coffee. Take a lot of coffee before I go to sleep and I can dream fast. We're back. We're back for our sort of wrap-up question. Um, and that is, what advice would you give to yourself? I know your sister passing happened pretty recently, but given the time that's passed and what you've done so far, do you have any advice for Brie at the beginning of all of this? It's okay to cry. Cry as much as you want. And, like, feel all the feelings. Because mm-hmm. if you don't feel them at the time, they're going to come back even bigger and even worse. And also, like, it's okay to have fun. Mm-hmm. I-, I felt really trapped by grief in a lot of ways that made me not be able to help myself, I guess. I straight up couldn't play or sing for like two months. And then when I finally like broke through that, I felt like I was doing like work, Mm -hmm. you know? I was like writing music and it wasn't supposed to be fun. Mm -hmm. And it took a while to get back into that like I wrote a song today that's just fun, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of, I don't know, that 
the band is supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be about like expression and feelings and like being a lesbian and and being okay singing about women on stage and and like you know it wasn't fun for a while because I wasn't letting myself have fun and then when I actually finally you know got that door cracked on the fun zone it was so much it was it was so helpful like just to be able to have that relief from constant sadness and like sorrow and guilt and a a small bit of escape you know and it was it's okay it's okay to do that Mm -hmm. you know it's okay it's okay to find your way back to what made you happy perfect cheers (laughs) (laughs) Um, if people would like to find your music or just more about all the things you do how can they do that you can find us at newoldfuture.com we're also on instagram as at sign newoldfuture and i think there's links to all of our stuff on our page there and you can also email me at uh pinkfreud81 at yahoo.com if you are interested in any zines Ooh, yes yes um Because I think I'm probably going to be writing about death and grief for a while. Awesome. (laughs) Right on brand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And thank you for coming out to interview me. Yeah. Thank you for reaching out and sharing and being really vulnerable. But it was a good conversation. Yeah. I really think if more people had these conversations, things wouldn't be as hard when someone passes. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Just being able to sit down with another human who understands what it's like to mm-hmm. have somebody leave you so suddenly is also, I don't know, it it, it feels good, you know? It, mm-hmm. it feels, like, less insular. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, grief is su- such an interior process. And to be able to, like, verbalize with somebody else and be like, no, this is actually outside of me as well. Mm-hmm. It helps. I, mm-hmm. I, I wish I could be more articulate. <laughs> no, you're perfect. But it, it does. It's, it's very helpful. Good. I was kind of worried with the series I would just, like, re-traumatize people and make them feel bad by the end of it. So I'm glad, I'm glad helpful is a word that I'm hearing. <laughs> Yeah, cool. yeah. I mean, like, it never feels good, you know, but it, it helps. Yeah. So, thank you again. You're welcome. Thank you again. Okay.